This week on the Sportsmanlike Conduct, we break down some Big Ten basketball. The Big Ten tournament coming up here soon. We'll talk about the seeding there. Michigan State wins the conference. They'll be the number one seed. Michigan's still fighting for that first round bye. And then we'll talk about some CMU football releasing uh, the schedule today. I think the, the fan base around here has generally been pretty happy. Um, with only the uh, one weekday game, mostly Saturday games, we'll get into that. And we'll also talk about the new format with the NBA All-Star Game and what and how it led to a better game for the NBA All-Star Game. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald. I'll be your host. And as usual, to my right, Evan Petzold. Evan, how are we doing today? You know, when you drive back from Kalamazoo, you know, you know, going the way that that takes you through Lansing is a lot different than going through Grand Rapids. And you and I, you know, went up through your your hometown uh, to check things out a little bit. And then, you know, right when you get through Grand Rapids and your way back up to Mount Pleasant, it's it's a struggle because you can't see anything. And then when it's when, when there's rain, you really just can't see anything. Um, I hit a possum. I, I ran into a bunch of dead animals that I saw all over the ground. It was it was a long night. Uh, especially after CMU, you know, took the loss. We got back here uh, to Mount Pleasant at like one o'clock, but you know that's what that's what Wednesday's for. Wednesday is for the day where where you can kind of take a second and kind of come back from all that. Now I'm here on a on a beautiful day and I'm just excited to podcast. Man. It was it was pi- it was pick your poison with Evan on the way home. You're either going on the highway and almost going under a semi, or you were going <laughs> to go on the back roads where he didn't know what he was doing. So regardless, I almost died a couple times, but we're still here today. And then Elena Hess to my left. Elena, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad the NBA is back in action tonight. Yeah, seriously. Everybody's been complaining about that. I like the NBA right now, man. You just like n- nothing going on. There really hasn't been a lot going on in pro sports right I, now. I so. feel that with uh, with the All Star break for <laughs> baseball, I feel that a hundred percent. You know, when you're used to just having the Tigers on TV every day, and I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be watching it. They're just always on. You, I mean, you mm-hmm. know how it is every day. And then goes this All Star break, and there's a couple days, and you're just like, eh, no baseball. It's weird. Gets even weirder when I, as I get older and I actually like pay attention to them every single day at all baseball games. It's like mm-hmm. when they even have a day off, I'm just like, man, that's so weird. Like I can't get used to it. So when the All Star break comes around for baseball, it's a lot different. But we'll talk about the NBA one here in a little bit. But I want to get started with uh, just the the big time basketball stuff going on here. So Michigan State, the dream season ends up becoming complete. They do win the Big Ten. They come back to do it at this 11 game win streak going on here. Um, so really, they 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 take care of the job. And uh, Ohio State choked a couple times. Uh, down the stretch to be, to kind of hand it off to him and give him the chance to really be able to win it. But more importantly than probably the regular season is the Big Ten tournament. I think it's what if you were if you were a basketball player, you kind of probably want to win the tournament. I, I don't know, you want to win both, but I feel like any tournament that you win means a lot to you. Um, you saw it meant to all the players of Michigan last year, and they won that. So it's something that definitely means a lot right now. But looking at it today, if it was the top four seeds that would get the bye, it'd be Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, and then Nebraska, because Nebraska and Michigan are both tied at the 12-5 and mark right now, but Nebraska holds the tiebreaker since they beat Michigan um, earlier this season. Then everybody else is kind of just on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just Nebraska and Michigan with a game left, you know, in the Big Ten Conference play um, for all the teams. It's just those two kind of fighting for that fourth spot. Um, I guess the first thing I want to ask you guys is, is Michigan State the clear favorite, or is there another team that you would put over them that could possibly win this tournament? No, I mean I think they're I think they're a clear favorite, but I mean you you got to remember you got to remember what happened to to Michigan last year, you know man I mean when it when it comes down to it the 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 plane crash, you know coming in and wearing the practice jerseys and Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman wearing his his pink shoes because those are the only ones mm-hmm. that that he could find and and then they go on this run and they and they win and they just don't stop winning, and they win the Big Ten tournament and and get a get a pretty favorable seven seed in the 
in the NCAA tournament um, for their first round game against Oklahoma State. It just shows you what it can do for a team. Yeah. That I mean that that. Well, I mean it's an automatic bid. Well, yeah, it's an automatic bid. One, but two, I mean as far as just momentum, you know, you know, goes when you look at that. Michigan went into their their first round game against Oklahoma State with so much momentum, one by one, mm-hmm. and then they played Louisville, uh, who was the the number two seed. They they beat them, and then lost to Oregon by one as, as Derek Wallen Jr. missed the last second shot. But it just goes to show you that the Big Ten tournament is more than just. You know, getting that you know automatic bid, or it's it's more than just you know another chance to to take down you know rivals or, or big opponents. It, it's all about momentum. It's all about carrying teams into the NCAA tournament, and I think that's huge for whoever whoever makes the run. But as far as you know, just looking at it right now, it, it's Michigan State all day, clear favorite, no doubt. Um, I think they they've deserved that um, throughout throughout the year. I think they proved themselves this year. So that's why I got to go with go with them number one, but two and three. I mean, it's it's Ohio State and Purdue right behind them. Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely. I think it's definitely a toss up. I think you can make an argument for either Nebraska or Michigan either to be better than Ohio State at this point. But it's kind of everybody mm-hmm. in the Michigan State, which is what you kind of expected it to be. Um, but Elena, how are you feeling about that? Right I now? definitely think I, I agree with Evan. I think Michigan State's the favorite to win it, but I mean, Purdue. I mean, they could come up on you too. I mean, I don't know. It's it's really anyone's game. Definitely, definitely is. I agree with that. I mean, this conference is wide open. But well, well, yeah. But okay. So so who do you who do you go with as the number two favorite? Let's just say that. Let's just eliminate Michigan State from from this conversation for a quick Jeez. second. I mean, who who's your who's your two as far as you know your personal favorites to to win this thing? You got we all got Michigan State one. That's that's clear, um, in all of our opinions. But then. I mean, the other top teams that you got left is you've got Purdue, you got Ohio State, you got Nebraska, and you got Michigan. Those are really the the four other teams, teams that that, that, that could that we really think could could do some damage. Obviously, you know, you know, a Penn State team might be able to do something that and that, that's not out of the realm. Mm-hmm. But but as far as talking reasonably, yeah. you got those four teams. What what do you go with as your order there as far as what you think? It's definitely hard to pick after that, especially because like all right, a team like Ohio State hasn't been playing their best basketball uh-huh. lately. So they're a team that comes in, you know, you might think because they're not playing their best basketball, they're not a favorite. But mm-hmm. when a tournament starts, you know, anything can turn around and you just start getting better. I yeah. mean, you see that you see that how many years it, it doesn't really matter if you like teams need a win to get in. I think the team this year that you're looking at is like that is like a Penn State. Um, sitting there at 19, 11, and 9, and 8. I don't, you know, they're not for sure in the NCAA tournament. Probably still have mm-hmm. some work to do. I mean, that, they had a chance against Michigan last night. They didn't get it, um, and they, they lost to them. But that's, like, the kind of team that needs to make a mark to be able to get up. But when it comes to teams, like, right after Michigan State right now, um, I definitely think I'd put Purdue there um, at second. I think I'd put Michigan at third, and then I'd put uh, Ohio State at fourth. See, I'm still I'm still stuck between the— I'm still stuck between the uh, the Ohio State and Michigan talk. Mm-hmm. That that's I, I'm still I'm, I'm still stuck. I think I, overall I don't, I don't the two times the two times that you saw them this year play each other. Right now Michigan's played three out of four halves better. Mm-hmm. And then that's just yeah. that's just my personal opinion. They played one half really really bad and they played them early in the season. So kind of put them behind the gun a little bit. But I would agree with you uh, putting Michigan in front of Ohio State right now too. Um, I think Purdue would be an obvious second maybe just mm-hmm. because they I mean. Michigan hasn't beaten Purdue yet. They've been pretty close, yeah. but still, you got to put them ahead of them because they beat them both times. It shows you what kind of a team Michigan is. They're not scared of anybody. Uh, Nick, Nick Baumgartner wrote a great, great piece on that today about how Michigan just does not care who they play against. Right now, they've shown that they'll play against them. They're not a perfect team, but they'll play against anybody. But what you said about that, how, how Michigan hasn't beat Purdue yet, 
it's just a bad matchup for Michigan, and it's something that they struggle with. The fact that they stay in those games shows how good they can be at times, but it's just a lot of a lot of size underneath the toss, which, I mean, who really can match up with that guy? But at the end of the day, it's a very, very tough matchup for Michigan with the way that they play basketball. Um, well, no, so, I mean, if, if you've got a dark horse then in this tournament, it's Penn State, right? Yeah, I would definitely yeah. say so. And like what you were saying um, about how, you know, you can look at it in, like, conferences like the MAC or ones that where people don't get as much at large bids. It's so much bigger for the team that wins the conference because then they mm-hmm. actually get into the tournament. Well, when you look at it in these conferences where there is a lot of at-large bids, like the Big Ten, ACC, whatever else, that's the that's the kind of team that knows they need to they need to win some games to get there. Maybe not even necessarily win it, but Penn State knows they need to win probably at least oh, yeah. you know, like two games to for and this sure. Gives them a chance. To this for gives sure. them a chance. Yeah, exactly. And, and they might they might still make it even if they only win one. There's a chance for that with 20 wins, 20 and 12, whatever. It's not that bad of a record. Plus, some of the wins they have this year, but. Mm-hmm. You still want to win a couple of games to kind of ensure yourself to get in there, and and that's that's what can happen in these kind of tournaments. Anything can happen with a team like Penn State. They can come out and win games. And Michigan was that team last year. They could easily be that team this year too. And that's what's so great about tournament play compared to regular season is that it just kind of changes teams. When you get in a run, you get hot and you get confidence. It it changes so much in college basketball. And I definitely think that Penn State would be my dark horse. I don't really think that there is another team in this conference that you would pick to be able to do that. If I were if I were to pick one team that can maybe make some noise but not actually win anything. It would be Minnesota or Northwestern. I think mm-hmm. they can make it and push because they were supposed to be so good coming into the season. Northwestern still has a lot of talent in that team with a couple seniors that they have over there, and the same thing with uh, Minnesota. They just been a little banged up this year. So, but even even with that, it's still it's a long shot. Yeah, for it's those it's teams. a long for them to win anything. Yeah. I don't think so. Just based off of experience, though, of playing in the past, they've both they've been in the NCAA tournament. They've ma- made deep runs in the Big Ten tournament. There's there's players in those teams that have done that before and seen that stage. So, I mean, do you guys have any dark horses? No, I mean, my mind was pretty much essentially going to be Penn State. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I was going with that. I mean, Nebraska, you could say, is a, is a dark horse, but they're yeah. still up there in the Big Ten. I, I wouldn't really categorize them as a, a dark horse team. Five. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, how, how about Michigan, though? In that, in that win over Penn State, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, th- this Michigan team, they, they get up by a, by a favorable amount, and then Penn State kind of starts to, to slowly come back, just like, Ohio State did to Michigan earlier in the year. You know, you know how you know Penn State started to come back, it started to gain some momentum, started to try to make some things happen, and then eventually Michigan, you know, ended up pushing them away, stealing the show, and all that kind of stuff. I I just think that goes to show Michigan's growth. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at if you look at the Ohio State game when they played earlier in the earlier in the season um, towards the beginning of a Big Ten play. I mean, that was a game where where Michigan was up. I don't know what was it 20, 25? twenty five. Yeah, a lot. At one point, and they lost it. Yeah, I mean, Michigan was up. I don't know if it, I don't know what they what they were up by most against Penn State. If it was 14, 15, something like that. In but, the first half, they're up by yeah. a lot. There was a point where they definitely went up by thirteen, and Robinson hit that three. But, but, but then Penn State comes back, and Michigan has an answer. And I mm-hmm. think I think I finally was able to see the difference. I was able to see the difference in a team that can face adversity, come back, and and win a basketball game when they really need to win a basketball game. For sure. And it just it just says a lot to me about they did it against Ohio State too. Ohio State came back and tied that game like yeah. you know towards and the start of the second half and they just they answered. That's it's a John Beeline team towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. I mean it's just repeating itself over and over again. It's what he does, and I I don't I don't really see it changing. I think that they're definitely going to be a team that's going to compete in this tournament. Um, there's definitely a chance that you know a Michigan and Michigan uh, State could meet in the tournament again. Um, if that does happen, who are you guys taking this time? Um, I mean. I'm gonna be a little biased and go Michigan just because I think I think they can do it. Like watching them play them, but I, 
I don't really know now if they could take him down just because of the way Michigan State's playing. Nobody can handle Wagner inside. If Wagner's on his game, Michigan all day. If not, Sparty. I, I think I'm going to pick Michigan State as well um, just because simply 11 wins in a row is too much. They're a different team at this point. Now, they've showed relapses of not being a mature team and not being able to get the job done, but when you start playing this well towards the end of the season and they have had some big wins on the stretch, it kind of you know takes it off. And plus, with all the distractions they've had going on mm-hmm. outside of their basketball team to be able to still play basketball and win the way they have, I think it's going to be very tough for anybody to beat them in this in this con- this conference tournament. But that's like just kind of how it is every year when you go in. You see a team like this, it's almost like a, last year you didn't think Purdue was going to lose to Michigan when they played against them, but they did. That's the kind of stuff that just happens. You can slip up. But I definitely think if there's one team that's going to beat them, I, I think it's either Michigan or Purdue. I, I don't see yeah. any other team being able to beat them. Just because of the way that Michigan played them at their home place with all that momentum against them, Michigan took punches in the mouth left and right in that game and answered every single time. I mean, mostly it was Wagner, like you said. He's the guy that needs to play well against them. But with the way players like Jordan Poole are playing right now and stuff like that, Michigan just has so many weapons all over the place. It's it's completely different. Not not even Poole and Livers and, and those kind of guys that – that are that are playing in Light their roles, but but. <laughs> but but what no? But what about Duncan Robinson though? Off the bench, look look at look at the last four games he's played: sixteen points, eighteen points, four points, nineteen points. Yeah, John Beeline said it, it works. John Beeline said works. he's got his vote for the Sixth Man of the Year because if if they if he, they didn't have him in some of these games, they said that, you know they wouldn't be doing as good as they are right now. Like uh, it's just working right now. Him sure. pl- coming off the bench, it works. Find Michigan, keep rolling with it, and and really just hope for the best throughout throughout Big Ten play. Yeah, Charles Matthews didn't start the second half uh, against Penn State mm-hmm. last night because of the way that Jordan was simply just playing better than him. So, I mean, that's just that's just kind of where they're at at times right now. Is Beeline just going to go with what he has? This isn't this isn't a perfect team. And yeah. if uh, Michigan State were to match up with Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, you got to remember it's like it's a rival, so it goes way beyond talent too. It's like a lot of emotion, and sometimes emotion can take it over and. That's I think that's a lot of, about how Michigan could take a win from them. We just watched that the other night when Central and Western played. Anytime yeah. that it's a rivalry game, it changes completely. You're exactly right. And you got to have the right amount of emotion too. Yeah. Too much emotion, you're gonna lose. Too little emotion, you're gonna lose. You got to have the right amount of emotion, and the right amount of heart, the right amount of drive, then you get the win. For sure. And I I think that I think that right now you have to pick Michigan State. But there's definitely teams that can compete. I don't think that this conference is what it was coming into the season when everyone just kind of thought, no doubt Michigan State, Michigan State, and everybody mm-hmm. else. I think there's definitely teams right there that can compete with them now. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there and how this tournament comes out. Who's your who's your guys' tournament winner? You know, when when it comes down to it, I want to go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go Michigan State. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Purdue. I'm gonna go Purdue. Michigan State's a clear favorite, but this year Matt Painter finally gets a, a run got a, in the tournament, got a, win something. I got a gut feeling. <laughs> That's gonna be Purdue. I was gonna say I was gonna say Purdue too. So All right. I'm gonna take all the heat and go by us, but I'm picking Michigan back to back years. I really think all that right. they're playing better than anybody else in the league right now besides Michigan State. I think that the the four game win streak that they're on right now, they've had a lot of impressive wins right there. And I think that with the young guys playing the way they are and the confidence they have right now, if they carry that into the tournament, I think they're gonna be a very, very tough out. I and I think there's right. I think if there's any team that can beat Michigan State right now that has confidence, I think it's Michigan. So I'm I'm picking Michigan to win this year's tournament. So We'll see what happens there, um, but we'll we'll move on to the next one here um, with our our own Chippewas here at Central Michigan because the Mid American Conference released its schedule today um, for football and all year. I mean, I, I know you picked up the beat like halfway through the year, but 
even way back at, you know, media day and everything to start mm-hmm. the year, John Bonamego could not stand the fact of how many weeknight games they had to play in a row um, in November towards the end of the season. And it was a challenge. Now, the funny part is towards the end of the season is when Central started to play very, very good. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, you know, covering it as a, as a reporter, it was almost like we got to start asking them if this is the reason they think they might be winning some games because they're not, they're not playing all the time the weekend. Maybe for some reason it's better during the week. Nevertheless, they're only going to have one weeknight game this year, and it's a Friday game to end the season on the road at Toledo. So essentially, it's all weekend games for them this year. It's almost like a, a normal college football schedule. You know, normally in the Mid-American Conference, you don't see it like that. It almost seems like it's a Power 5 schedule right now with all these Saturday games. I mean, the fans seem to like it because you can tailgate and you can do whatever you want. Uh, I know Bonamago will like it because he wanted it all season. You think it's an all-around good thing? No, I, I think it's nice. Um, but, but at the same time, as far as the whole Maction thing goes, getting on TV, you know, that – as far as for Central, there there's not going to be as many of those those opportunities. So I think that's that's probably the main negative. Um, you know, it's it, I'm sure it'd be nice for recruits to sit at home and watch CMU play a play a football game. I don't know how much that plays into into recruiting and, and the kids' decisions and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It definitely was fun, especially when when you guys you and you and Cullen were off covering the games for me to be able to watch it at home on 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 primetime television. Yeah, that that was always fun for me. I I like that. Um, you know, obviously home games, you know, I was, I was with you guys too, second half of the year, but I don't know, I guess it's just going to be a lot more, uh, more ESPN three and, and all that kind of stuff. But when, when all your home games are, are on Saturdays, that's, that's pretty cool. Like I, I'm with it. I think you're definitely looking now to improve your, uh, actual attendance at the stadium because that was something that central 100% struggled with this past mm-hmm. year. It was, it was pretty dry every single game that we covered there, but Elena, what do you what do you what do you think? I think it's overall a good thing. Like you said, it's going to bring up attendance, and the fans are going to love it. Um, obviously, the TV. I mean, they're not going to get many chances to be on TV or anything. But I mean, as myself, like I'd much rather have them be on the weekends and on a Saturday where I can go to the games. So that, exactly that that Western game on October twentieth night game. What do you think? I think they should make it that. I don't know why you wouldn't make it that. I think it makes everything better. I think it gives you the whole day to kind of build up to it. I think any night game think, builds think, think about it. You got, you'd have Michigan, Michigan State playing at, like, noon. Yeah, they always play. it. I mean, that, that this year was, like, a completely just yeah. a thrown-in-there different thing. Yeah. I, think, I think that that game they, definitely goes back they'd be, to be They'd be that, playing yeah. at noon or, or, like, a 3.30 game. Yep. And then you'd have, you know, Central Western, Western night. going at, like, 7 or 8. Talk about that. I think that, that that's pretty sweet. I think that, that definitely would be a, a good idea. I think it's definitely something they should consider. Um, I don't know if Bonamago likes the night game atmosphere or what, how CMU feels about it because they're hosting it. It's pretty much going to be their decision this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it definitely always raises concern for, like, you know, what students are going to do after the game and what, you know, like if, if they're all going to be trashed, you know, all day because you drink all day, you get problems. I'm, it's, it's a serious thing that people talk about um, when they do these things. So, you got to kind of wonder do about it, though. Yeah, I, I think do you do, it. too. I think you have to no matter what. I think that it, it brings more fans around no matter what. It's going to bring attendance up, and it's going to get people pumped. Because I can tell you right now, yeah, okay, both teams were – Central was 3-1 and one and Western was 4-0 and oh the year that Western ended up rolling and going all the way to the Cotton Bowl. When they played in Week 4, I've never seen Kelly Shorts like it was that night. It was completely packed, sold out. There wasn't a seat you could find for a quarter. And then, and then Central just kind of, you know, blew that game. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really hang in there, so they end up losing their attendance midway through the game, which is usually what happens anyways because students just leave at halftime. But if you want to get a good scene, you want to get that many people, I think it's definitely a good idea. But I think what you said about the recruits is actually something that's seriously, like, considerable. I, I can tell you last year watching that game when Central came back, 
if you're a crew watching that towards the end of the year and you're trying and you're just mm-hmm. thinking about your decision, you see a team do something like that, you want to be a part of something like that. It, it it might seem stupid because it's a game that you're not a part of, but I think just natural human nature when you see something happen like that, it can push you in one way or another when you see a team do that. Well, I do a lot. Maybe of re- think that their program's going in that direction, the other one's going down. Yeah, no, a- yeah, I no, I get that, and um, I mean, you, you know, I do a lot of recruiting stuff for the Michigan Insider and twenty four seven Sports, and I was talking to a talking to a kid today who said he went to the Michigan Michigan State game um, that's in the twenty seventeen season, and that was their night game, and he was like, I still remember it, like I still remember how amazing it was, like. Like there were there were fans screaming in the pouring rain, and and that was the atmosphere. Yeah. And just for just for that kind of a thing, I think that's why it'd be cool, you know, to, to do the night game against Western because people won't forget that, and, and that, that's something that I think is really cool. I agree. Exactly. I, and like if if Michigan State and Michigan are playing earlier in the day, I mean there won't be a conflict then. No. Yeah. Exactly. So, if so, if you want to get more people to watch, right? Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you play them at the same time, there's going to be a lot of those people that are like, "Well, I want to watch that game." So, I mean. Exactly. It's not. It's not the hate on the you know the Central and Western rivalry and like put it down, dropping stuff in here. What? Your yeah. phone. <laughs> it's not to. It's not to like. Unbelievable. Put, un, unbelievable <laughs> error that just happened right now. Um. It's not. It's not like to to put down that rivalry and say that you know Central and Western doesn't mean as much to Michigan, Michigan State, but it's just gonna it's gonna compete for the people up here. It won't matter if you're in Mount Pleasant or if you're in Kalamazoo. You want to watch that game. You want to watch the game no matter what, if Michigan's playing or not. But for the rest of the state, I mean, it's probably Michigan, Michigan State. It's favored. I mean, let's just be uh-huh. honest with ourselves here. It's what gets more views every year. So, Like, were you really a CMU fan come, coming here to school? I mean, I came here to work for Central Michigan Life, exactly. to be pretty honest. I, exactly. I, don't, I don't take a bias in the sports that I cover exactly. here. I, I don't have you were, you a You were a Michigan team. fan growing up, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I was. I was. Every, I was. Uh, yeah, that's, what I, was. that's my point that I'm making. Me too. I mean, that's just, if, if, if you grow up in the state, you pick a side. You don't really have a choice. You, you just kind of— And the sides are Michigan State, Michigan, not really Michigan State, Michigan, Central, Western, yeah. Eastern. Yeah, no. It's really just the big two. Yeah, no. If you end up going to school here, you know, you might start to take a pride in your school, and that completely changes the way you feel about those schools, Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine. I mean, you want to just cheer for your school and root for it. That makes sense. That's where you go to school. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like growing up your whole life, if you followed the two teams enough, it's kind of hard to break free of watching that game every year. Yeah. Especially because you can be fans of both of them here. I mean, if you go to Michigan State, I mean, it's kind of hard to be a fan of Michigan, too. I mean, you can't do that, but coming here, you can be a fan of it doesn't really matter. You don't even have to, you don't have to actually pick a side, but you yeah. definitely want to watch that game. Um, speaking don't, of Michigan State, though, Michigan or Central Michigan's got them on the schedule this year. Yeah, that's so, gonna, that's that's one of the games that I'm looking at. I mean, as far as non-conference goes, you got Kentucky, Kansas, Maine. Kentucky's Michigan still a pretty State. big game too. Kentucky's I mean, compared to like a Kansas they had last year, who had no chance of even beating the team like Central because well, it's gonna be a it's, cake, it's gonna be a cakewalk on September 8th against Kansas here at <laughs> here in Mount Pleasant. That's they're gonna just, be they're not a, they're not a good football team, and it looks good. Because we'll, you get a big, well, you get a big conference one. We'll see how uh, how Tony Polgin can perform under under center. It's definitely some it's definitely some big names this year. I mean, just looking at I mean I mean Kentucky, you still consider Kansas a pretty big name, right? Yeah. And then Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those are those are three you know power conference schools you're you're talking about playing against. And powerhouse Maine. Don't forget about Maine. Yeah, Maine. <laughs> yeah, Maine. Yeah, that's, I'm kidding. Honestly, that's just one they they throw out there. But usually, I mean, I just they always play a team like a Syracuse or something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of I feel like these teams are a little bit more. Uh, Kentucky's been competitive in in recent years at certain times where they haven't been as bad. So it's it's going to get really tough for for CMU when you look at their last four games at Akron, at yeah. Eastern Michigan, home against Bowling Green, and then at Toledo. Akron Akron's pretty good. Eastern's mm-hmm. Eastern's all right, and they had a, they've had better seasons recently. So and and Toledo's pretty pretty good too. So I think that's going to be that's going to be. Rough. I'm I'm also excited for 
when you when you look down the down the schedule um and you see that eastern game they just got a they got a quarterback transfer from Iowa right mm-hmm. yeah so that'll be fun interesting to see what happens but yeah we'll see it's definitely going to be definitely going to be interesting do you think that the saturday thing affects uh, central's wins and losses at all is it something that is it something that can affect that do you think that weeknight games helped at all do you think it it brought something more out of them and you're playing under the lights all the time and stuff like that because I guarantee they're going to have a lot of 3.30 and noon start, or not even noon they never start at noon but a lot of 3.30 starts uh, for these Saturday games nah I think uh, game's a game you know whatever happens happens sure yeah I don't really think that plays a role in it but I, I mean maybe I mean if you're like superstitious or something like going into this season like oh we won those games on weekdays I mean other than that I don't think it really plays a role for sure. I, I don't think it matters that much. I think that sometimes playing the lights can pump you up as a player, but I, I think it kind of just depends on the crowd. And if they get more of a crowd on Saturdays and centralize a lot a lot of home games this year, I think that that'll, that'll help them out. Because that, that was the thing last year. I mean, CMU only had a total of, what, five home games? And again this year, I mean, it's it's still not as many as you probably like, but got to take advantage of them. They're on Saturdays. You're probably asking for the best crowd you can possibly get. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But definitely, definitely an interesting statistic today when you know this all came about, and I saw that Central was the only team with uh with one weekday game, and it's a Friday game, which is essentially still a weekend. So we'll see how it, we'll see how it all works out. But the the last topic of our podcast here today, we're gonna break into uh, some NBA basketball. Even though the as we said, it starts back up tonight. We're recording this on a Thursday, but the All Star game did happen, um, and it was Team LeBron that won one forty five over uh, Team Team Steph. Um, the 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 new format this year with having the two captains pick it seemed to make a better game. You know I, that's what I was complaining about coming in is that it never seemed to be a game really of interest or whatever. Down to the final possession, it was a it was a game that people they they, they wanted to win. You clearly see that the, the two teams wanted to win um, coming down to the to the stretch. So I guess overall, what do you guys think? Is this this new format something they should just keep doing every year? Yeah, I mean I I like it. I think it made for better defense. It was lowest scoring All Star game since 2013, and when when it comes down to it. There, there really was. There, there was more defense. You had, you know, a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, trying, trying to guard, you know, Steph Curry and, and his teammate. I mean, there was a couple switches where, where that happened, and I think that whole, whole aspect of it, kind of makes it interesting. I, I like it. I mean, there's really not a ton to talk about when it, when it comes to the All Star game and, and the format of it, other than either you like it or you don't. And I just liked it. There was more defense. There was less, less dunks. Not that dunks are a bad thing, but. It's kind of boring after a while when you just watch people dunk left and right. Exactly, and that, that was my, my main problem with those, that there's just absolutely no defense. So when you're talking mm-hmm. about a low-scoring game, that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I think it's a good idea because it's it's a lot more competitive just because you don't have one team that's super stacked. I mean, because the West was obviously always super stacked. But also I like seeing teammates play against each other because I feel like that makes them more competitive that way. Like they want, they want to beat their teammate and – See, watching like Kevin Durant, like you said, go up against Steph Curry. I mean, they don't want each other. They don't want each other to show them up, so they're trying their hardest. Yeah, but yeah, I liked it. What about my man Andre Drummond from from Detroit? <laughs> seven of seven from the field, fourteen <laughs> points, three boards, repping, one block, <laughs> one turnover, two fouls. Get a game. <laughs> he, I mean, just what else did you expect? I mean, maybe not seven for seven, but. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent this year, and I mean, out of the big men in the league, he's definitely one of the best ones. The guys that that struggled to me were, I mean, if you you look you look down the list, Steph Curry three of eleven from three, James Harden two of thirteen for three, Clay Thompson played pretty well. Is that indicative of what we're gonna see in the finals this year? Team LeBron a... over Team Steph. I don't know. You know what? Yes. LeBron James went twelve <laughs> of seventeen from the field, four of eight. 
from He showed three. up in the big All-Star game. Is he going to show up in he the big... He almost had a triple-double in the All-Star game. I 29 mean, points, that 10 rebounds. You? In this All-Star game, maybe. <laughs> I have a theory of why James Harden and Steph, and actually Jimmy Butler didn't check into the game. They're all hungover. Explain <laughs> to me how you got this theory. Well, I... Wait, but I, they, they played, though. Oh, you're saying, yeah, like, they didn't check in. I mean, like, oh, I, I mean, Jimmy Butler like, didn't, they didn't Jimmy actually Butler get actually in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no, Jimmy, so, do you think they're drunk or hungover? Well, Why? Steph actually looked drunk. But um, Jimmy Butler said he was sick. He actually never did check into the game. Why did D-Wade not check into the game? Stop it. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't know, Evan. Why didn't Why didn't he? <laughs> not good enough, I guess. Not good uh, enough, I guess. Maybe, maybe he's just old and washed guys, up. You guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way too washed never, up. But never mind. Besides, when you're besides, washed up, you go back home. So that's besides the point. There. Do you think that the the picking the teams will lead to eventually like favoring, like one side or the other, like too much favoring, like they end up just picking too many people, or is it evenly split enough in the NBA and these All Star games that this can just consistently keep being these this good of games? You have enough players. It's like where... I'm talking like if you're at the gym right now and you pick the, all the good kids and you get one side, and then you know the other team kind of gets shafted with nobody. Do you think that that could happen in the NBA? No, because well, they they go they go they back and forth, forward. and they all know each other. They know who they want. Like it's not like you're the it's not it's not like you go out to recess for the for the first time on the first day and don't know who's good and who's not good. Like they know, and you know if 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 LeBron comes out and picks KD, then then Steph will turn around and I I don't know pick James Harden. Like they 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 know they know who's good and stuff like that. I don't ever see it being. Like that kind of like a stacked team on one side or the other. I think it actually makes it better. Only like you were saying, the West was always really stacked. This kind of takes away from that. I like it. I think so too. I I agree with that hundred percent. I think that way you don't have just the same people on one on one side every single year like that. And you, like mm-hmm. it's basically like watching the Golden State Warriors, you know, play as their own team right. in the All Star game. And with this kind of a an atmosphere, it kind of takes away from that. Exactly. No, I agree. For sure. I like it. And I, I think it's definitely something that they should continue doing. Um, but coming up here in the – does it kind of a – do you think it affects the way that people play in the second half at all, or should they make that this game mean something more? Should they put something else on it, like how baseball used to do it? Um, for, like, in the in the, uh, the the World Series, they would pick to, like, have one team get home field advantage. Should they start doing something like that to make this game mean more, or should it just stay the way it is right now? You know – no, I, I actually like the way it's at right now. Like, I, I don't think you got to change it now. Because obviously you're not going to have people, you know, drunk if it actually means something <laughs> yeah. for the finals and your team's competing for the finals. So. No, I don't think so. I just like the way that it is now. And I think if, if I don't know, maybe change it down the road. But right now you just switch to a new format. There's no reason really to, to change it until there becomes more more controversy or really any controversy. I mean, Yeah, I don't think you should change it. I mean, baseball's a little different too. Like, you don't. It's not really a contact sport, so I mean, if you got guys going full speed in the All Star game for the basketball, I mean, you could get. I mean, I know you can get hurt and stuff like that. I don't know. I just I like how it is right now. I, it's. I mean, it obviously shows that it was has been better than past years. So I guess they're on the they're on the right track right now. I think so too. I think that the NBA All Star games is kind of more of about a fun time for the players and stuff like that, and that's more what it should be. I think with All Star games, like you work to get there. And when you get it, you don't really, you shouldn't have to really play for something serious for once in your life. And I think that all the events they do with it make the NBA All Star Game good, um, with like the dunk contest and everything like that. Do you guys like those this year? I, I really didn't get into it too much. I didn't get into the whole dunk contest three point three point thing. I 
I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of the the same old stuff every year, really. Yeah, there's not really like much else to do for the dunk contest. I mean, I feel like people are running out of ideas. I mean, honestly, Larry Nance brought out his dad's old cradle dunk, but I mean, other than that, I mean, it's it's hard to pick something new to do. But I just think every year what they do consistently with that is like the best one in sports. I think that the the like the side games they do for the NBA All Star Game are the yeah, best they're, the they're best pretty, one in sports. I, I still like watching them. Exactly, I think I think just seeing like you know people's skills and like showing off in that way, going against each other, that kind of makes it fun because then you're just competing against each other in that way. But I think that's the way the All Star Game should definitely stay. Um, it's just kind of competing against each other um, compared to actually playing for something. So I'm definitely with you guys on that. Um, but we can we can wrap up the show now with our uh, stud and dud um, picks. So Evan, who's your stud for me? Yeah, so my stud is going to be uh, New Jersey Devils rookie center. Nico, he sure, and yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a of a funky, different, different kind of last name, but we're kicking it with some NHL. He he's been really good this week. Four goals, four assists, and a plus minus of plus seven. So a guy that's really been been leading his team. Um, it's it's been impressive. First round draft pick, number one overall by the by the Devils in, in twenty seventeen. So a guy that had a lot of promise and starting to starting to prove it. For sure, I'm gonna go with. Uh... The USA women's hockey team for getting the gold over Canada in a shootout. So that's pretty cool. For sure, that was definitely that was definitely awesome, and I think that it was a, a big a big deal last night to see that, and you know it it means a lot to the country. So definitely a good one to pick. Uh, my uh, my stud is Thomas Wilder. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him because Goat. the way that he played the other night in that game uh, for Central Western Central lost uh, by two points um, in overtime. Just I've I've seen the game three times now. It's always a great game. Um, I personally like it. I mean, the football game was great this year, but I've liked those matchups a lot more because they've just been way more consistent. And Thomas Wilder, I've seen him playing all three of them, and he's had the heartbreak happen to him when Marcus Keene uh, hit the shot over him mm-hmm. in that one game. I think that kind of stuck with him. And he plays that game like it's a rivalry, and he he goes into it and gets into it. And when I asked him after the game, you know, like what what that game meant to him, or whatever in overtime, were you trying to make more plays? He said, I just went into winning mode because, honestly, I did not want to lose that team my last time at home. That's the way you should view a rivalry like that, and I think that the way that he played, he scored 11 of his 22 points in overtime, made a huge and-one shot that essentially ended up winning them the game after CMU couldn't get a bucket to fall um, in the final final seconds there on the other end. So Thomas Wilder, definitely my stud. Evan, you're dud? Yeah, so I'm about to about to bring the heat on the opposite end. <laughs> oh, boy. My dud is Central Michigan head coach Keno Davis. And after the that? after the eighty three eighty one loss, um, you know, in Kalamazoo, he came out and he said, "quote There's no difference in who we played. If we had beat them, it doesn't mean any more to our program, other than having one more win. Had we won or lost the game, in the big scheme of things, that one game isn't that important." End quote. So that's from Keno Davis talking about the Western Michigan game which he really doesn't think is a rivalry at all. And it seems to be that he's taught his whole team that as well because they all seem to come out and say that it's just another game. Or it's it's at the end of the day, this is just another game in our schedule. So where the hell is the fight? Where yeah. the hell is the You ask it. They the say, heart? Where's say, all that? Roundtree said, like, you know, we get more, you, you feel the atmosphere a little bit more and stuff like that. Well, how come the other side cares about it so much more? How come Western cares about it so much more? I think it's mm-hmm. definitely something that needs to be looked at. I mean, if you're a Central fan... And you're watching this, you got to be disappointed at that kind of response from your head coach. I don't see how you're not. Well, I was talking to Josh Kaczynski, uh, senior, fifth-year senior, been here through through pretty much everything, and mm-hmm. he, he told me, he said, yeah, you know, I mean, I've played him enough times. It's, it's I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big game. We look forward to it, but we don't really, 
we don't really circle it on our calendars. We don't really think about it. That, that's kind of the, the, those are some of the, the things, you know, obviously paraphrased that, that he said. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's your rival. Circle him on the calendar. Exactly. I think that's a game that needs to be looked at a lot bigger, and I think that starts with your head coach. You need to promote it a little bit bigger because, you know, Western Michigan was the complete opposite. Anybody you talked to over there on their side of it, they they cared about it a lot. And the fans definitely cared about it a lot. The story that I just wrote, you know, kind of going a little bit deeper into the rivalry, it all, all the CMU, the, the three CMU fans that I uh, interviewed that traveled all the way there to watch it, they said they care about that game more than anything else. So I think that when you need to, you need to care about what your fans think and stuff like that and need to kind of reconsider how you're looking at that rivalry game and the next matchup that they have coming up against them. We'll see if it changes. But, Elena, you're done? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Fergie uh, and that national anthem just because, <laughs> actually, when she was singing it, I almost thought it was like a joke because they had Kevin Hart, like, announcing the players before the game. So I'm like, maybe they're just trying to make this a whole comedy act. But, nope, she just wanted to put her own little uh, twist on things. So Yeah, that's, that's, it was something like that. <laughs> so touchy, like, you just got to do it yeah, the right just, way. I mean, exactly. I, it's just kind of messed up when you start doing it a different way. And, I, yeah, I definitely didn't uh, – Definitely didn't agree with that. I, I kind of laughed today. I was on Bleacher Report just looking at some of the videos and just some of the players' reactions to that. Oh, just yeah. like the fact that they couldn't like help they, but laugh, and then they all started selling each other like that. That, that looks so bad. Yeah, like, and they were and they were trying not to laugh. They yeah. really were, but it just came came right down to it. It just like, it just uh, looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, just so bad. So yeah, that's definitely a definitely a dud thing to do. Um, my my dud is uh, the Minnesota Twins for picking up Anibal Sanchez. I caught me off guard when I saw that, and it says it's a harmless deal and everything. It's not a harmless deal because I think anytime you put that guy in your team, you're uh, you're risking to put yourself in, in jeopardy to just give up more runs because literally for the, the worst. Pa- for the past bunch of years he's been terrible and he had like a brief spot last year where he looked okay for a couple of starts in a row and other than that he has not been good for like three seasons now. I don't understand it at all when you have a young promising team mm-hmm. and the Twins it looks like they're getting a lot better by uh, by the year last year they were a great surprise team um, throughout the entire season. And you put somebody old in your team that I really didn't feel like it was necessary to put on there. Who in the front office goes, Oh, this is a really good idea. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's go get Anibal Sanchez. Maybe he'll rekindle his uh his ERA year when he was the ERA leader for the Tigers like back in two thousand and twelve. Watch him win the Cy Young this year. <laughs> if he doesn't, then I am wrong and I should never watch baseball again because that would be absolutely insane. But that, Odds on that got to be crazy. Oh, that got to be wild. Yeah, you'd, you'd win a lot of money if you put down For like a sure. penny, man. Honestly, let's see Evan win a bunch of money. Come on, Evan, put <laughs> put some money down on Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> Heck no, that's something I would never do. I'd never even put money down the Tigers. Definitely not this year, but. That'll wrap up our show. Thanks for listening, guys. You can uh, find it on CM Life, iTunes, all that stuff, uh, SoundCloud. Make sure you give us some listens, and uh, we'll be back for you guys next week. Thanks for listening.